Welcome to Agent to Agent Remarks. Really just wanted to start up a conversation. The podcast dedicated to real estate ethics and best practices. Here to talk to you about the market. Hosted by broker Jeffrey Lavelle of The Brokerage, a real estate firm. We have some great interviews on this podcast. Hear expert guests related to the real estate industry discuss actionable advice, tips, and tricks. Now, here's Jeffrey Lavelle. Well, hello, everybody. Jeff Lavelle here, broker of The Brokerage, a real estate firm. Uh, It's been a couple of weeks since I've had a chance to pop on here and talk to all of you, and some stuff has happened since then. I hope you have been well. Uh, So what has happened? I decided, crazy or not, to run for the Las Vegas Realtors Board of Directors. And wow, wow, wee wow. What a... What a journey this has been. Um, so if you don't know from, uh, you know, listening to previous episodes, maybe you have never heard this fantastic podcast of mine. I hope you'll go back and like and subscribe and watch, pre- watch listen to previous episodes. But, uh, you know, I am, I'm not a, I might be outgoing, but I'm not a super um, political person. You know, I don't get into the the back and forth of all this stuff. So I was asked to run by some people who I uh, I know and respect. And I said, heck, why not? You know, I've uh, been opposed to running for the board for so, so many years. I don't know if your boards are, um, how your boards are. If you're a realtor listening to this, if you are a member of the public listening to this. Um, but, you know, I didn't realize it was going to be so much campaigning. I, I really thought, oh, well, you know, I'll probably go to a couple of meetings. I'll... <laughs> It always reminds me of the the movie, um, oh gosh, A League of Their Own, when they tell Tom Hanks that he's going to play the coach for this woman's football league, or baseball league, and he's like, don't worry, all you got to do is go out there, wave your hat around, and uh, you can sit in the dugout. So I kind of thought that's what was going to happen. I'd go out there, you know, hello, hi everybody, I'm Jeff Lavelle running for director's position, but man, there's eight of us, there's eight people running for four positions. Um, the good news is I don't have anything bad to say about the eight people running for the board uh, that are running against me. And that's not to say I have anything bad to say about the people running for executive position. But the nice thing is I'm not running against anybody for executive position. And I uh, I run off merit. You know, when I, when I do anything, when I go on a listing appointment, when I am, uh, you know, trying to sell myself on anything, I'm selling myself, right? I'm not selling uh, somebody else's failures or, or shortcomings. I'm selling my... Uh, you know, my benefits. What What's the reason you want to hire me? And that kind of goes to, you know, especially if you're a new agent out there. One of the things I tell sellers is when I'm, when I know I'm interviewing, right? When I know I'm interviewing for a listing that I uh, would like to take, um, the question a lot of times is what makes you different? And I, I explain to people that, you know, clearly we, we can all take pictures of your house, uh, we can all put your home in the MLS. We can put nice descriptive text about your house in there. We can do all these things, right? All realtors are members of their MLS that I'm aware of. I don't know of any exceptions to that. And so, uh, you know, we all have access to that. So we're equal, right, in that sense. Where we shine, where we separate ourselves is that ability to relate and and be connected to our client, right? I tell them you're going to hire the person that you trust the most. And, you know, the good news is I, I mean, I've been doing this 18 years, so it's not like I'm fresh out the gate, but I usually get the listing um, because I'm honest with people. I'm honest. I'm upfront. Uh, I'm not abrasive. I'm not, uh, you know, there's this thing that people do sometimes where they'll say, uh, 
oh, I'm, I'm really direct, right? I'm really abrupt. I'm really this. I'm really that. And that's just a nice way of saying I'm a jerk, right? It's prefacing the fact that they're uh, going to be a jerk. I have a, a lady I'm friends with here in Las Vegas, and I will name drop uh, Linda Reinberger. Linda is a legend, uh, and I'm not saying this because I want Linda to hear my podcast and uh, feel all warm and fuzzy. She knows. We all know. Linda's amazing. And um, Linda is a direct person. You know, she is not one to hold her th- opinion when asked for it. And sometimes she gives her opinion when she's not asked for it. But the thing about Linda, the thing about Linda is Linda gives it to you straight, but in a nice way. <laughs> and that is called being professional. My grandmother would say that's having couth. Uh, Linda is the epitome of that. So you can be uh, upfront, right? You can be uh, direct with people when you're at a, a listing. And you can do that in a way that's uh, professional, right? And deliver the package nicely. So anyway, I, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not that person. I'm, I'm, I am like Linda, I like to think. I am uh, direct with people. Uh, I always believe in getting more with honey than with vinegar. Um, and occasionally you have to pull a sledgehammer out, right? And squash it. But I, I really try to be nice. You know, I think you get a lot further in this world being nice. But anyway, so I'm running against eight other people. And, you know, the thing that uh, stinks, I guess you could say, is I like them all and I want to see them all do well, right? But there's only four positions for eight people, do the math, and that doesn't work out for everybody. So in any way, if I win, I will be honored to serve the Board of Realtors uh, for two years as a director. If I lose, I will be honored to continue to serve my board as a uh, an involved member. So I, I do, I'm, I'm involved in the grievance committee. If you've suffered through, I'm sorry, if you've listened to previous podcast episodes, you know that, you know, I, I have gone over the code of ethics, uh, which I think is just a really super duper uh, document, 17 articles that uh, help govern realtor behavior. And um, it separates us from regular real estate agents. So uh, that's something I'm really, really proud of. And I'll continue to serve the Las Vegas Realtors Grievance Committee if they'll have me. Uh, I do serve at the pleasure of the president. So uh, (laughs) depending on who wins, I may not be on the grievance committee after this. But uh, I also serve the MLS Quality Control Committee, and I enjoy that. So if I do uh, lose my bid for Las Vegas Realtors director on the board of directors, then I will lick my wounds and go back to work. So um, what does it involve? Well, I have been to all sorts of offices. The thing I will say has been really fun. A couple of things that's been fun. One thing has been going to different offices. I went to Realty One Group, which is a company I worked for for many years, and I uh, got to speak at their most recent sales meeting, uh, which is, this is, uh, well, I'm recording this on July 13th. We're already several days into the campaigning. Um, but uh, went over there and got to talk to some of those agents, and really it's nice because I worked there. So, um, you know, a lot of the agents there I've already known, um, and uh, so it's really nice to go back to my, my old stomping ground. Went to two Keller Williams offices. Those were really great. Uh, you know, good energy there. They do a great job. Buck uh, over there and uh, Jamie over there. They're just super guys. Uh, I had a great time. A lot of energy, a lot of fun. So that was great. And then, uh, oh, where else did we go? Uh, we've had some some meetings at uh, different rest. Well, we, we went to Revere Golf Course and had a little uh, meet and greet there. 
We went to Siena Golf Course and had a littler meet and greet there. It was less less attendance there, but you know we're we're a day and a half right now as I as I record this from the end of this campaign. Um, I will say that's a day and a half too long because <laughs> I I want to be done. I want to go back to full time uh, selling and managing property, but uh, we're almost there. We're gonna push until the end to try to get. Uh, the election. But uh, shout out to all those brokers, uh, realtors uh, that are out there donating time to their board. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, that are out there donating time to their board, participating in and being involved. And, and I really do, you know, uh, I mean that. It, it's not, there's, there's, from what I know, because <laughs> I've never served on the board of directors, there's no real, uh, you know, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow here. You're not, you don't get to, uh, you know, fly on private jets or, uh, you know, move into a mansion. There's no, you know, security detail. It's not like becoming a, you know, politician. But, uh, you know, I think it's important because it's something that's valuable to our industry and it provides perspective. And, uh, you know, I think that's a good thing. So, you know, we're, we're all asked to, uh, you know, have a platform, right? What's your platform? What do you, what makes you different? What are you running on? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've always been a proponent of transparency. You know, I think that our board has an obligation to the members, right, to um, account, clearly account for uh, member money, to, um, you know, be, be responsible with the funds that are trusted to them and really just overall to be good stewards, right? We're moving our industry forward. We're, we're, you know, working on technology. We're doing all these things that help realtors continue to be relevant in the market and thrive and, uh, and provide service, right? We're, we're our service industry. We're here to provide service to our, uh, our buyers and sellers and landlords and renters. So, uh, I think that that's just critically important that when you are voting, you vote for people who you know are aligned with your interests, right? So uh, the, the I will say, it was, <laughs> so we, we started this, this whole campaign, right? The first event was this beautiful lunch at Lowry's, which is a prime rib, uh, prime rib joint. If you don't know Lowry's, you've probably had their seasoning salt um, on your table at some point. Uh, especially if you were a child of the 80s or 90s, uh, 70s, 80s, or 90s, really. Um, so Lowry's, we've got this beautiful Lowry's here, and I haven't been there in a while. That reminds me, I'm going to take the wife out there. But um, the uh, the event by Women's Council of Realtors, which is a, one of the oldest, if not the oldest, uh, kind of sub subgroup of the realtor community, uh, had us over there and um, it was really nice. We got to introduce ourselves and kind of, you know, 
kickstart our campaign to the members that were there and it was really great and you know they asked me jeff what is your platform and so i i you know i i came prepared with my well the thing i wanted to see and that was transparency um you know i stood up and i said uh if you know does anybody in here vote right and hands raised and um you know you vote for national election anybody in here research their candidates before they vote at the national or state level and you know a bunch of people raise their hands and um i said you know you you look at what the voting record right you look at what your uh elected official has done in you know that you are in favor of or has done that you are opposed to right and and these candidates have to defend right you hear about all the time defend their voting record and so uh you know i i realized that our board doesn't have a voting record i mean they have votes but there's this policy of one voice and and it's it has novelty right it has some it truly has some uh benefits right the benefits being mostly to keep the board members from being threatened all the time and i i can see where that is a wonderful benefit right when when they're out there voting on things and they come out of the boardroom and you've got you know camp a that voted against this great thing and camp b that voted for this a uh, wonderful thing. If Camp A wins and the wonderful thing gets voted down, well, clearly people are going to be upset with Camp A, and so those members might be singled out uh, by you know upset members. And you know what are they going to do? Call them, email them, tell them that they're morons or bozos or whatever fun word we're using today um, <laughs> for podcast reasons. But. You know, you, you have to kind of when you when you sign up for these positions, you've got to know that that's par for the course. That's to be expected. That's one of the aspects of being in a leadership role is being able to say, hey, you know, I voted for this thing, and I appreciate that you don't believe it's uh, meaningful to the membership, or I appreciate that you don't agree with it. Um, here's why I voted for it. Here's why I you know put my my name on this, and uh, you know I think that's an important aspect. And so I I really do think that having this transparency in the Board of Realtors is one of the things that helps us as members know that we want to elect people from, let's say, a director's position, right? That We'll call that the entry-level position, from a director's position uh, to maybe another two-year term. Maybe they want to mellow out in the director's room for a while and then go from director to treasurer, right? Treasurer is the next quote-unquote step. Um, and then after that, maybe they want to go to vice president, but you don't know if you want to put somebody from a director to a vice president and everything in between, if they're not voting along the issues and topics that are important to you. So, you know, I mean, these are things that we really have uh, a need and a, and a, um, kind of responsibility to look into as members, because when we're voting for somebody, we've got to make sure that we're voting in an informed way. And you don't have to. I mean, that's the nice thing about voting. It's a free country. If you don't want to be informed about your vote, then don't be informed about your vote. But I think most members um, are really, really excited about the idea. Um, they have been overwhelmingly supportive of it, which I think is just super encouraging. Um, and I will say the members that weren't really speaking about transparency on their platform, the people that are running for this, that weren't really, uh, you know, running on a platform of transparency have embraced this. And so that's really cool. That's, a, um, to me, something that just in, you know, kind of solidifies the importance of this as a need in our industry. 
So um, <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you what just happened. So I'm sitting here. My phone starts blowing up. I, you know, I put it on silent while I'm recording. And uh, my phone's blowing up, and it's my one of my very best friends and one of my top agents, Heidi Williams, uh, calling me. And so I, I did uh, pause the recording here a minute ago, and I, <laughs> I went on. I answered the phone, and she's like, I've got 2% battery. You've got to check your Facebook right now. And I did, and um, you can look me up on Facebook. My name is... Jeffrey Lavelle with a G. So um, uh, I looked on my Facebook and there is a video uh, from Cameo. And the video is Kevin Malone from The Office. Brian, ba- uh, I think it's Brian Baumgartner. Um, and he did a video for me that Heidi and Reba um, uh, snagged. And it's just fantastic. I cannot tell you enough how cool this is. Um, so it's, it's Brian on there or Kevin Malone, uh, who is, if you don't, if you don't know the office, first of all, I don't know why you're listening to my podcast, but if you don't know the office, you just, you should just start watching it today. Um, Kevin is the lovable kind of village. I don't want to say idiot. Is idiot allowed still? Are we allowed to say idiot still? Uh, lovable village idiot, uh, in the show. And, uh, it's just Kevin, uh, Brian Baumgartner is clearly not, but, um, he, this is just a great video. So I had to watch that and of course share it because I do think that if I had this, okay, if I lose, if I lose this election, it's because I didn't have this video four days ago. (laughs) I didn't have this video when, uh, well, last week when voting, uh, before voting started. So um, this would have been the thing uh, that put me over the top because I promise you, I I can only imagine that this is going to have quite a bit of views um, and, uh, you know, support me or not, I think you're going to think this is a hilarious video. So, um, yeah, if, if you are bored and you want to see Kevin Malone's video, I wish I knew how I'm not, I'm not super duper tech savvy. So I don't even know how to, uh, bring this track in, but, uh, maybe I'll see if I can fuddle with it and figure that out. But, um, thank you to Heidi and Reba, uh, for taking the time and the money because clearly cameos are not inexpensive to, uh, to have Kevin endorse me for realtor. Board of Realtors. Um, so I'm running on the, the platform of transparency. I'm running on ethics, right? You know, we've talked about this and I talk about it a lot because I do really, really, really passionately, passionately believe in ethics. I think we have to be uh, more ethical. We always have to be looking for ways. We always have to be looking for ways to be um, just the absolute best our clients could deserve. Um, and when we stray, we as Realtor members are responsible for helping each other find the way back. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about both those things. And I think that most Realtors, when given an option to be ethical and have a transparent board, would choose that, right? And the ones that don't want ethics just don't need to be Realtors. So um, I also want to give our board um, more teeth related to um, enforcing... How do I say this? When something comes to our attention that is a violation of of law, right? Statute, not of ethics, but of statute. We need to have better mechanisms with which to report those things and uh, turn those things over to the Nevada Real Estate Division. We have had um, instances where I believe our board needed to act and um, didn't. And I'm happy to put, you know, I'll I'll say it. I, I think that there were areas where we should have been 
proactive in addressing issues that, um, you know, I'm not saying it put the public in jeopardy, right? The, the issues that I've seen have not put the public in jeopardy, but they have been alleged, <laughs> they appear to be, uh, what, what other wiggle words do I have to add in here so I don't get in trouble? They appear, uh, for all intents and purposes, to be violations of law. So I think that it's important for our board to, um, whenever those issues arise, to handle them con- uh, decisively and to uh, handle them uh, quickly. So um, anyway, those are just some things. But so, you know, it's just, it's interesting. So we're going to, we're having this election. It's um, all done via email. It's very boring. But, um, you know, the, I've seen some things happening in this election that um, I think we need to work on, right? I think we need to do some things to um, uh, provide more exposure of the candidates, right? Because there's been a lot of money and I don't understand it, but there's been a lot of money poured into this volunteer position, this volunteer job. Um, and that to me is weird. I have spent, uh, let's see, I've spent, I carry the four, zero dollars, um, zero, <laughs> uh, dollars on my campaign. I've spent nothing. Um, I did create a MailChimp page, a MailChimp uh, account, and I was going to do a mass mailer, but uh, I decided not to. So the $500 I was going to spend on the email is was refunded to me, <laughs> and I canceled my account. So I, yeah, I have spent all of about $0 on this. I've done everything through word of mouth, social media, and whatever, quote, air quotes, you can't see them, I'm doing a little air quotes right now, reputation I have. So if people vote for me, it's because somebody they trust said that they should, not that they needed to, but that they should, or they knew me directly and they voted for me, or I struck a chord with them in one of the meetings that we've uh, been able to attend. So that's it. If I win, you know, sorry, (laughs) I won based on those three things. Um, and, uh, And that's it. So I have not spent any money on this. And I think that's kind of the way it should be, right? I think we should be running off of uh, a very uh, shoestring budget at the most. I don't think we should be putting more than $500 into a race like this because really it's, it's uh, it just, it for some people that could probably be really, really good members on the board, if they, for whatever reason, can't afford to put $2,500 into a race or $5,000, um, but I don't think they should be forced to in order to be heard. Um, and I also feel like, uh, to some degree, our members get enough emails. I feel like our members get enough uh, solicitations and reminders and, you know, they're getting offers in their emails and they're trying to conduct business. And, um, you know, when there's an incessant uh, attempt to get in front of them by even their own colleagues, I just feel like that's that's too much, right? I feel like we need to, for the members' benefits, uh, we need to be more thoughtful of that. So, um, yeah, I, I just think one or two emails, maybe one right before voting starts, maybe one in the middle of voting is really sufficient. And I think we need to be a little more, uh, measured in our approach to this whole thing that is called volunteerism. So anyway, um, yeah, 
if you want to say a little prayer, if this is, if, if you're hearing this before the, uh, the 15th at 2 PM and you want to say a little prayer or send some positive juju my way, uh, I will take it because, uh, who knows, maybe I'll do something good for the, for the benefit of the members. Uh, what else is going on? Just, uh, the market, right? Let's talk about that a little bit. The market is definitely shifting. Um, you know, the, the inventory in Las Vegas, I gotta stop saying, um, the, the market inventory in Las Vegas is up quite significantly. We have seen inventory more than double in the last uh, couple of months here. So is that people that, you know, kids are out of school or the summertime surge? I've always seen a summertime surge. I've always seen right after tax season, right uh, after uh, people with children, their, their kids get out of school. Um, that that tends to be a really, really good time for people because they can move right in the beginning of the summer season. They can get settled into their home. They can make the transition and then they can still, uh, you know, get the, the, the settling in, settling done, right? The settling in done so that they can move into their house and, and be ready for school. Or even maybe if they're really super lucky, have a little bit of their summer left to enjoy, um, you know, make some memories. So um, I think that's a big part of what we're seeing. I think a part of it is homeowners are, um, they think they know uh, that we've seen kind of the peak of the fervor that existed. I, I still think that home prices are going to go up. I, I, I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I think a lot of the adjusting that we're seeing right now is the price adjustments. The, the Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Price improvements. So we're seeing price improvements coming in. Um, and those price improvements are what is driving this perception of a market decline. And so that just means that people who, and, and we see this in the median home price, right? I mean, we see this in um, the numbers that we track. And so, um, you know, it's, it's not that we are seeing people, uh, you know, come out in, uh, you know, low-balling offers. We, but what we are seeing is people are coming out and uh, saying, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's a little aggressive, uh, a little aggressive on the price right now. Um, like the first, so for single family, our median home price is 480. Yeah, $480,000 here in Las Vegas. And that was for the month of June. Obviously, you know, we don't have uh, uh, July's numbers yet, but um, it's down $2,000 from May. So we went from 482, which was up 25.2% from the year prior, to 480, which is up 21.5% from the year prior, and June dropped two grand. That's it, two grand. So trust me when I say that two grand isn't going to make a difference. And kind of the funny comical thing is the list price, right? The list price uh, went from 500,000 in May to 499,999. So the median homeless price went down a dollar. And we might have even rounded up. Maybe there was 98 cents. So we rounded up to a full dollar and we dropped it. Effective inventories to 2.2 months from 1.2 months. So we've added a whole other month. An effective inventory, for those of you who don't know, just means that if we stopped today, uh, the number of homes, if we stopped listing homes today, okay, so no, no, no more listings, we're all full. Um, if we stopped today, and we continued to sell homes at the same pace that we had been selling them at, we would have all the homes sold in 2.2 months. Um, so those are, you know, yeah, we've seen available inventory go from 3,570 in May to 5,746 in June. 
So July's numbers will be interesting. That's when we can start to see a trend. Um, you know, it's hard to tell a trend really when you've got two points on a line. Um, so we need to add a third point in there and see where this is trending to. But for now, it's a positive trend. You know, in my opinion, um, having inventory go up and allowing buyers just a monicum of time to uh, consider things maybe with a home purchase. You're not buying a pair of jeans, you're buying a house. Um, I think that's a good thing, you know. So, and the, 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 the pace at which homes is selling, you know, in, in May of 2022, we were, homes were selling between zero days, right? So no days on market to 30 days, 88.6, 88.6% of homes were selling in that zero to 30 days. Well, in June, it's 86.1. So 80, 88.6 to 86.1. I'm no mathematician, but you know, that's 2% ish something or other. So 2% less homes are selling, uh, in that first 30 to 60, but then the next bracket of 31 to 61 caught that. So the homes that didn't sell in zero to 30 sold in 31 to 60. That's normal. That's healthy. So um, what I think is happening, and I think that uh, I, I've said this before, I don't think I've said this on this podcast, but the people that were edged out of the market in the last little run up here, right, that didn't have $80,000 laying around to put into uh, above asking offers, right? So uh, they weren't going to, they weren't going to guarantee that appraisal by 80 grand or 50 grand or 30 grand, depending on the price point, those people are still qualified to buy. They were priced out of the market because they didn't have extra money to go above appraisal. So they're still able to buy. And when you see your home value, your, your home price come down a smidge, uh, competition for buyers in the form of new listings come up a smidge, um, and then interest rates go up a little bit, the interest rates going up a little bit is not going to price most people out of the market. So this isn't a cataclysm. When I started, oh, here we go, one of those stories. When I started in real estate in 2004, interest rates were hovering around seven. Um, that was on the first mortgage. And we were doing a lot of first and seconds, what we call 100% financing, meaning there was no down payment involved. There was no cash out of pocket. There was no skin in the game. Um, and I, I don't know that those, I haven't seen one of those mortgages in, in way too many years, which is good. We don't need those mortgages. But the um, the, the difference is of 7%. We're, we're below six right now. We're, we're slightly below six, hovering right? So that's good. I mean, we're not even where we were uh, 18 years ago. And if you want to go even further from that, you want to go to the 80s, right? Which is very popular right now. Uh, <laughs> the 80s are back. Uh, I think that's the Stranger Things, right? Stranger Things is really bringing back that nostalgia. But um, the 80s were like 18%, right? After the sa saving and loans debacle, if you don't know about savings and loan, just you know, Google savings and loan 1980s and you'll read all about it. It was a similar crash to what we saw in 2007. So, um, you know, this is uh, not likely. In fact, Dave Ramsey, uh, <laughs> the Dave Ramsey show, what Dave Ramsey's even saying, and, and Dave's a really conservative guy. If you don't know Dave Ramsey, um, and you haven't, have I taught you, have I introduced you to our savior, Dave Ramsey? Dave Ramsey is a um, financial guy, right? He gives people financial advice. 
Um, Dave is a straight shooter, like we talked about earlier, um, but not a, not rude. I mean, he can get a little testy with people if they don't want to listen to Dave's Dave's uh, encouragement. But Dave's got this super cool accent that I like to imp- impersonate. And Dave is saying, "Buy a house." You know, he's saying, "Don't don't." You know, Dave Dave Ramsey's thing is, "Don't buy more than twenty five percent of your income, and don't use anything higher than a fifteen uh, fifteen year mortgage." Um, I would say, well, I'm not a billion, I'm billionaire. No, he's not a billionaire, but I'm not wealthy like Dave Ramsey. So clearly <laughs> if you're listening to me instead of Dave Ramsey, you might have your, uh, you might have your uh, head on wrong, but everybody I work with myself included when I buy property, I'm not that aggressive. Um, I would prefer, this is just me. I would prefer to have a 30 year mortgage and uh, a slightly higher interest rate, which is what comes with a 30-year instead of a 15-year. And I would be able to then pay more on my 30-year mortgage so that if I had a problem, right, if cash flow or something was was uh, impacted one month, I could always fall back on my normal 30-year mortgage payment. Um, but Dave is saying no more than 25% of your uh, take-home income and uh, now more than a 15-year mortgage, okay? So um, <laughs> listen to the Dave Ramsey Show, uh, and you can hear Dave talk all about your debt-free scream. So uh, anyway, Dave is a, is a, a just a real icon in uh, real estate and in personal finance. So um, if you don't know it, check it out. I, I got debt-free because of Dave Ramsey. Uh, did the debt snowball, paid off all my debt, uh, cut up my credit card, so to speak. I have a charge card that I use. Uh, but I don't have credit cards. I don't. Uh, I don't take on debt. I have uh, debt on my real estate, and that's it. Um, and I don't lease vehicles because Dave will call that a fleece. But uh, I digress. So my point is, Dave Ramsey is saying still buy. It's okay to buy because uh, he is saying if you're waiting for the real estate market to crash, uh, you're never going to buy a home because it's never going to happen. Uh, and and not never, right? Not never, but it's real unlikely. So short of there being something cataclysmic that happens in our world, um, you are not going to have to worry about that. So get out there. Uh, if a home's affordable for you, go buy a house, go buy a house. You're, you are, you are given someone else your rent money, right? You are given somebody else your equity. You're given somebody else your tax deduction. So get out there and buy a house. Realtors, Use that information. If you're not already, house buying, and I've said this before in previous episodes, but I'll say it now, owning a home, I got to be careful because I will get that that Dave Ramsey uh, drawl if I'm not if I'm not real careful. I'll talk to y'all like this the rest of the night. Um, get in there and buy because if you look at housing the way I think you should, housing is a, buying a house is stabilizing your housing expenditure. <clears throat> Buying a house is knowing that the payment's going to be the same next month, next year. I mean, unless your taxes or insurance go up uh, next month, next year, the year after that, and on in turn until perpetuity until you close on the thing and, you know, the mortgage is paid off or you sell it, right? So uh, it's housing stability because your payment stays the same. It's uh, pride of ownership because you get to put money in your backyard or repaint your you know, house or change your countertops or your cabinets or your floors or your fixtures. And I mean, everything you're doing to your home not only brings you enjoyment, but it brings you uh, value in a lot of cases. So um, there's plenty of websites that'll tell you where to put your money, bathrooms and kitchens, right? 
um, but other ways to, to spruce your home up and add value. But, you know, this is, this is what I'm, I'm telling you is, is even though we're running into this higher interest rates, we're running into, uh, more home inventory. Those are all positive things for buyers. Um, interest rates aren't positive, but the point is refinance, right? Refinance. If, if, uh, the market continues to go up the way it should three to per, 3%, 5% a year, that's really good. That's normal. That's cost of living inflationary stuff, right? So, um, don't be afraid when markets are only going up three to 5%. You know, there's a joke right now that, um, uh, if you got into real estate in uh, 2020, 2021 or 2022, uh, a price reduction is when you lower the price of a house <laughs> because, uh, we didn't do those for the last two and a half years. We didn't, we didn't lower prices of houses. We just put them on the market and sold them. So if you're a new realtor, you've never seen a price change form. Uh, that's what that's for. So, um, the reality is 25% increases in home values is not probably the future, but uh, three to five percent is, and that's good. Zero is good because again, this isn't the casino. This is stabilizing housing expenditures, making sure we have a place to live, place for our family if we've got one, uh, place for to rest our head, have a dog, have a parakeet, have a chinchilla, have a ferret, whatever the heck you want, um, and not have to ask anybody's permission for that, right? So it's uh, it's good. It's good if you can afford a house, buy a house. If you can't afford a house, figure it out. <laughs> go find, go find a cosigner. Call mom and dad. Uh, you know, if you and a buddy um, can can be business like with each other, it's hard. I don't give people advice to buy houses with significant others that they're not married to yet. Uh, boyfriends, girlfriends. Uh, when that stuff goes awry, you you know somebody gets on Facebook and finds out you know Billy was cheating on Bobby or whatever the case may be. Uh, those relationships break up. You still own a house together. If you haven't made a legal commitment uh, to each other in, uh, in, in some sort of uh, marriage or uh, legal, uh, what do they call them? Domestic partnership or something like that. Or if you aren't two like-minded individuals that can write a contract and say, hey, we are uh, roommates and we're bound to this property together. And here's how we're going to split up the, the expenditures. Um, you know, two guys, two gals, guy and gal, whatever it is, go buy a house together. There's this great article right now about these four single moms that together couldn't, or as individually couldn't afford a house to raise their kid in. But these four moms, all like-minded women, bought a house together. And now they're raising their kids, all their own single, you know, single moms with their own kids. They're raising their four kids in this house together. And I thought, man, that is so, so Smart, so smart, because clearly you've given yourself an advantage when it comes to, you know, babysitting and, uh, you know, sharing that responsibility, the house cleaning chores, the, uh, you know, watching kids when someone's at work, days off. I mean, all those things now have become, uh, you know, four adults in one house that they all own. I just thought that was amazing. I thought that was uh, tremendous ingenuity and, and, and forward thinking on their part. So um, if you're going to buy a house with somebody other than your spouse, um, or, or, or legal partner, then, uh, you need to do it with a contract. And I think that, you know, people are often creative, uh, fourplexes, right? You know, you, you buy a fourplex, uh, as a, as a single, you know, occupier and you occupy one of those four units, right? As a fourplex. 
uh, triplex, another one you can do it with even a duplex, but multifamily, as they call it, multifamily housing. When you buy one of those and you live it as an FHA mortgage, right? You get an FHA loan, three and a half percent down payment, uh, mortgage insurance is in place and all that stuff for the life of the loan. But you put that house on the market for rent, that fourplex, you rent those three other units out. And guess what? You got your unit being paid for, your mortgage is being paid for, and you probably even have some money left over at the end of the month uh, for maintenance and repairs because, you know, you're a landlord now and you're going to have to take care of the units above and to the side of you if that's, you know, if you got a two-story unit. So, um, you know, there's all sorts of wonderful creative ways to get out there and get into real estate. I've never met a client that told me that they own too many houses. It's just, uh, you know, building your empire at an early stage or early as you can is a good thing, um, but it's never too late either, okay? Never too late to start either. I have clients in their 60s that are buying their first houses. So, um, and not that 60s are old. So if you're listening to this uh, on your on your uh, iPhone or whatever, I'm not saying 60s old because I'm 30, 38 going on 39. And uh, trust me, 60s looking pretty good right now. So anyway, um, this is all I got for you. I, I think we went a little uh, all over the place today, but that's okay because this is just my verbal diarrhea. I know that sounds amazing, but um, that's what this podcast is. I don't necessarily always have a... Uh, script or anything I want to talk to you about. But today, this is what I wanted to talk about. And I think it was good. How about you? Well, if you like the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, people you like, people you don't like. Uh, and like and subscribe, folks. I would really appreciate it if you did pop in on occasion, rate the podcast if you liked it. Uh, even if you didn't like it, throw a five star up there. Uh, hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week, weekend, whatever your, whatever day you're listening to this. I hope the rest of the days in the next few days are good for you. Be kind to each other, everybody. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back soon with another informative episode.